on Dustin Fugate here from Elias Kaikari, Mercy and Grace. Thank you guys for bearing with us through this whole rebranding. Um, like we're trying to get a whole new social media thing going on, a brand new like um, presence out there on social media. So you, you, have to, you have to bear with us now. So we have an Instagram. Now we have YouTube. Um, getting this podcast going up again, rebranded. Um, did you like our new little snazzy intro music there? Huh? Huh? Moving up in the world, huh? Yeah, we're getting there. Anyway, um, if you guys might, you might've noticed on our Instagram bio, we keep on promoting a resource that's going to come out probably June, July, maybe sometime this summer, hopefully. Um, it is entitled Insincere, Irrelevant, Invalid. That is going to be a work about millennials and the worldview that they've grown up in. And basically just to kind of recap the whole modern church that they've come to know. You know what I mean? How did it – it's not like a really in-depth. It's more of like a conversational kind of piece. Um, but it's just kind of how we got here. And uh, I'm a millennial, right? So it's kind of written from – it's written from a viewpoint of a millennial, yet I'm also – kind of looking at it as a Christian. Um, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to take both sides in this, because uh, a, a lot of times these older generations, you, I mean, if you're a millennial and you're listening to this, you know exactly what they do, right? Like, Oh, you're a millennial, you're Gen Z, whatever you're, you know, they just kind of cast you out right there. And and we know we're very aware of the critiques that come down upon millennials and, and Gen Z just for being millennials and gen z so it kind of starts off that like oh yeah we're critiquing the millennials and it switches real quick and like oh well actually well hold on here it, we might have something we might have a deeper um problem that's buried within these other generations and really maybe these millennials just had no choice we came out i, I mean i mean is this what you wanted because this is what you had in mind i mean that's kind of the whole mindset behind this whole work that uh we're coming out with so it's going to be June, yeah, June, July-ish, somewhere around there, um, trying to get everything nailed down, editing, publishing, blah, 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 all that good stuff, book design, blah. But um, anyway, manuscript is done uh, for the most part, um, so uh, we should be good to go here. Anyway, we got to talk about what's been going on the past couple days, and that is the big old short squeeze. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I am a trader. I enjoy trading options. I run a group where we uh, trade options and whatnot. And it, I, I just, I enjoy it. I, I love it. I love the markets. I love how easy it is, how easy and like accessible it is to just the average retail trailer, trader now. And really COVID for the market and economy, uh, COVID was the best thing that could have happened to the economy, which sounds stupid. I know because the economy, economy tanked in March, but without having sports and whatnot, Hold on, let me turn off my phone. Without having sports and really no degenerates to like they could nobody could go out and bet on anything. So what the, what they do? They had the market <laughs> to play in. So they had to make money somehow, right? And they had to be entertained somehow. So why not uh, jump on the bandwagon of day trading? And that's what everybody did. So I've been doing this for like four years, and I've never seen anything like. What we've seen really the past year or what we've seen the past three days, especially we've seen squeezes before, but talk about a short squeeze. Oh, my gosh. It's, you ba it's just I, I get what the Reddit people are trying to do on Wall Street bets. They're trying to get back at the man. And you have to you have to admit, call them noobs, call them whatever you want. You know, what I mean, gamblers, degenerates, whatever, what, call them whatever you want, but at least call them right. Okay. 
You, you know what I'm saying? Call them by their name. Call them right. Call it like it is. Call a spade a spade, right? Because you had all these hedge funds that were trying to short, right? They had very good reason to short this, though. They they were shorting GameStop, right, with like a, over 100% um, short interest, low float, and they had every right to because it was based on fundamentals. And, okay, yeah, we all know hedge fund guys, they get together and they talk and, you know what I mean, they decide things. Everybody can say, well, it's based on fundamentals. It's, 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 sometimes it is, sometimes it's not, okay? Most of the time it is, and most of the time they are right. When they short something, it is because it's going to be something that's going to go bankrupt, like GameStop. GameStop is going to go bankrupt. I'm sorry. They almost filed for bankruptcy this past year. <laughs> but you just had these Reddit guys that said, you know what? We have this platform. Now we're going to ban together and we're just going to stick it to the hedge funds guys because they're allowed to manipulate the markets and so can we so we're going to do it right back at them and in turn this has created one of the biggest short squeezes i have seen in my which is not a whole lot not a whole long but still in my lifetime this is this has been a crazy crazy short squeeze so for those of you who don't know what a short squeeze is I, I guess i should explain shorting and buying stocks when you buy stock obviously you buy stock in a company you buy a share of that company um and you buy it like at seven dollars it goes up 14 you sell it 14 and you made seven dollars well shorting the stock would you think the stock is going to go down so you sell it at 14 right so you borrow shares from your from that broker the broker has the shares you borrow those shares you sell it at 14 and then you buy them back at seven okay so you made that seven dollar profit and then you give the shares back to the brokerage and you pay a small fee that's all shorting a stock is, right? So it's buying, you're still buying low and selling high. You're just doing it in the opposite order. That's all that is. But anyway, what happens in a short squeeze is when everybody's short, right? Because that's GameStop for the past year and a half has been shorted. Short, 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 short. So the price is just going down, 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 because nobody's buying it back up. Everybody's just trying to short it because they think it's going to go down and that's exactly what happened because they're right it was a failing business going bankrupt they, they were exactly right they, they didn't do anything wrong you can call it manipulation or whatever you want but they saw a failing business and they shorted it and they made money off of it i mean that's that's how it works right so it went down 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 and then finally these reddit boys said you know what we're going to start buying it back up just to stick it to the man that's all it is just spite there's no there's nothing based on fundamentals here it was all just spite so what they did is they started buying it back up, and sooner or later, everybody that shorted, well, man, well, now we're losing money. Well, I guess I'm about to start covering. I shorted at 10. It's up to 15 now. I'm down $5. I got to cover. So you cover, you you buy, you buy your stake back up, right? Well, that's going to drive the price up because that's another buy. Uh, somebody else, uh, now it's up to 20. Somebody else who shorted at 15, it's up to 20. Oh, I got to cover. So just continuously, continuously doing this on top of all the Reddit people are just buying it up. And what you have is you have people losing billions of dollars, literally billions of dollars, right? And that's what happened at Melvin Capital. Um, they, they they were short, I don't know how many billions in GameStop, and finally they had to lose that. Um, they had to, they had to close out their whole position in there, their whole short position that it was. I'm sure. Here's the thing. I, I'm gonna ramble on a little bit here. So obviously they close that position, but here's the thing. You have these hedge funds guys. You have to know that they know what they're doing, and they probably got on it in this squeeze as well. <laughs> and that's the scary part, because here's what's going to happen. 
These retail traders are going to say, yeah, look at us. We're squeezing GameStop. We're squeezing them. We're squeezing them. And hedge funds, they're going to join right in. Right? They have no problem. They'll close their, they'll close for a loss. That's fine. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's what they're doing. They'll close, but they're also going to start buying it back up as well. <laughs> and it's just going to keep on running up, running up, running up. And then guess what? All these retail trailers, traders, they're going to get trapped in there so hard. They're going it, to, it's not going to end well for the retailers. It's not going to end well. I, I mean, I understand the platforms and everything are getting sued or they're going to get sued basically right now. And everybody's mad at the platforms, but really it's the clearing firms behind all of them because the SEC made all these rules about capital requirements to these clearing firms. So then the clearing firms have to obey or abide by those, abide by those capital, capital requirements, requirements. And then if they can't, or if they, if they get sketchy and they can't fulfill those requirements right and they can't properly regulate regulate they have to tell their brokerages that work with them hey you need to calm down here on these right because of you know so much volume liquidity whatever so then that's why you have like robin hood and tasteworks and everything saying hey we're gonna um restrict these real quick even though it's not if it was up to the brokerages they wouldn't care right they don't care because they just want yeah you trade whatever 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 but it's the clearing firms behind all this that's the problem but the bigger problem is how everybody else saw it is you had Robinhood saying all right little guys you can't buy this stock anymore you can only close your positions which that drove the price down the big boys the hedge funds they can still do whatever they want they're allowed to we trust them but you little guys no there's too much liquidity there's too much volume everywhere so therefore, you can only close your positions, and that's that's how you had a big drop because pre-market this morning, GameStop was almost like five hundred dollars. It was above five hundred actually. And as soon as they put the halt or they put restrictions on everything today, uh, we went back down to almost a hundred dollars in GameStop. It's crazy. It's going back up now. It's back to back above like three eleven, three twelve. Um, that's aftermarket here, um, but. It's uh, it's crazy. I you know what I mean? Like what side do you take? I kind of like the whole, you know, sticking it to the man. I get it. But at the same time, then the long term, the people who are going to get burnt is going to be these retail trailers because what what also can happen is these hedge funds guys, they can say, "You know what? You can say whatever you want about us manipulating the markets. You can say us, you know what I mean? Like we hang out and go to dinner at night, talk about, you know, what we're doing, what we think a stock's going to do, how we're looking at it fundamentally, what's behind it, blah, blah, blah. But you guys were on the internet colluding in a forum, right? So when you say the word, I saw Jordan Belfort um, interview today, and he said the words banded together and collusion, those are really, really close. So you have to be careful. And what they can do is they can say, hey, you colluded together to manipulate the markets to scare us and get us out. So therefore, we can sue all of you, anyone who ever partook of that Wall Street bets um, <laughs> uh, subreddit, right? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, but I understand. I, I want to side with the retail investor on this because the, it, it, everything needs to be regulated, but it doesn't need to be regulated where it's extremely skewed to help out the big guys, the hedge funds, blah, 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 and all the bailouts, right? Because that's what they're saying. They're saying all oh, the 08 crisis, the big boys got the bailouts. And in, even when Melvin Capital, when they lost like 30% or whatever, they got bailed out with another $2.5 so $2 billion. So basically saying, hey, you take this bet. 
All right, I'm going to bet it's going to do this. And you're wrong. Oh, well, you're wrong. Well, oh, guess what? You lost all that money. We're here. I'm going to bail you out. Here's some more. Go ahead. It's like you're going to a casino and you're just playing blackjack and then you lose. And then somebody behind you is like, oh, here's another $100. It's all right. It's like, what? How does that work? How is that fair for the other people that are you're playing against? And they lose their money and then they're just stuck. You know what I mean? So uh, it's very interesting. But anyway, I ramble on. That's kind of the day's events. And that's what I've been uh, <laughs> working on and messing with. Everything in GameStop, super, super overbought. And then the options in there that are expiring tomorrow, um, people are trying to hold on to them so they can exercise them. And that that's going to be a whole crazy thing because then it's like a gamma squeeze, which I won't bore you guys with. But anyway, that's a, that's a crazy, crazy thing. But anyway, I've been reading this book. I put it on Instagram as a resource. It's called Thinking God's Thoughts, An Introduction to a Pilgrim Worldview. This is written by J. Brandon Burks. Um, he uh, is an elder at a Presbyterian church, uh, Westside uh, Presbyterian Church, uh, or Westside Reformed, uh, here in Cincinnati. I am located in Northern Kentucky, and he's in Cincinnati. Um, he used to be—he's a former Baptist preacher. He used to preach at Dry Ridge, Dry Ridge Baptist. Um, he went to Boyce. He, um, let's see, he's, he's actually a Navy diver. Um, he got his MRA in theological studies from Westminster Theological Seminary, but he did go to Boyce for a little bit. Um, before he uh, went to Westminster. And I'm reading this book, right? And I came across something in chapter three the other day, and I just kind of want to share it with you guys. Uh, It's kind of interesting. So this is chapter three. It's called Knowing Our Place. And uh, he says this, God alone has created and given meaning and a goal to everything that exists, both visible and invisible, Colossians 1.16. Every fact created by God has God's interpretation stamped upon it. As his creatures, this means that our job is to see everything as God declared it to be. Our in, our interpretation of things in creation must correspond to God's original interpretation of all things. God has given meaning, purpose, and a goal to all created things. And if we are to see the world and ourselves aright, we must align our thoughts with God's meaning, purpose, and goal stamped upon all created things. And that just had me thinking— uh, I mean, he, he titled the chapter correctly, knowing our place, because what we do is we don't interpret everything as God intended it. Right. Uh, as a fallen man, we, we don't want to submit to God. We, we don't like this. We like to have our own autonomy. We like to figure out things on our own. And I think that's kind of the heart of the problem. Um, the schism that is between man and God is that we are born depraved and we want to interpret things how we see fit, which is through a fallen lens. And um, uh, he, he says it's our job to see everything as God declared it to be, but we, yet we don't do that. <laughs> we are his creation. He is the creator. He tells us how to interpret things, right? Morals, absolutes, laws of logics. We have all these. He, he laid it to us on a, he gave it, he written it on our hearts. He has wrote it on our hearts, right? So we know exactly, looking at the world around us, how it is to be interpreted. He told us how to interpret it, and yet we don't do it because we don't like submitting and we suppress all of this truth in unrighteousness. So um, I just thought that was interesting. Um, that is called Thinking God's Thoughts. I put a picture of it up and a link to I didn't put a link, but I will put a link on Instagram where you guys can go check that out. Uh, Jay Brandon Burks, uh, really, really good book. 
Um, and that's all I got tonight for you guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Mercy and Grace Podcast, Elias Kaikari. Um, I will talk to you guys later. Remember to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Please, please help us out on Instagram. Let's grow. Let's get a little community going. And I will talk to you guys later. See you.